Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I think we need to think about a couple things. I just worked on a great treatment plan on this. We need to think about what's distracting and fun, and we need to put in that fun into our holiday season. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. So the holiday season can be one of the most stressful seasons of the year. It's wonderful, and we're all about happy holidays, but sometimes we don't realize how much frustration and stress comes with it, how much our mental health can be affected by it, how much we have to navigate the mental health of others during it. And so that's what we're going to look at in this episode of the No More Perfect podcast. We're going to look at the gift of mental health in the midst of the holiday season, giving it to yourself and tuning into the mental health of others and understanding the dynamics that will help us to actually be intentional about taking care of ourselves and taking care of our loved ones. Michelle Niedert is a wife, mom of two, a licensed professional counselor, an author, and a speaker. She's a former educator and a school crisis counselor, and she's been treating individuals, couples, children, and teens for over 20 years. She shares her passion for parenting and mental health as the co-author of the Loved and Cherished Devotional for Tween Girls and as co-host of the Raising Brave Beauties podcast. Michelle, welcome to the No More Perfect podcast. Thanks, Jill, so much. I love being with you because it is okay not to be perfect at all as we walk <laughs> through this. I am feeling no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> Good, because our listening audience does not know because we will have cut out all of the mistakes. But I kept saying podcast instead of podcast. <laughs> So there you go. Let's just start it right out real uh, from the very beginning. So, oh my goodness. You know, I think it's so important that we talk about this topic of stress management and mental health in the midst of the holiday season. And I wanted to call this episode the gift of mental health because we're in the midst of gift giving. You know, we're always about gift giving in the holiday season. And we don't think about the gifts that we need to give sometimes ourselves and others that aren't really wrapped in red and green, but they're powerful gifts, aren't they, Michelle? Absolutely. In fact, I think 
There is so much to this that these will be the gifts that really sustain us as we enter a new year, for sure, if we do. Yes. And honestly, as we continue in the craziness of 2020, which we hope doesn't go all the way into 2021, but absolutely, I would agree with you. So, you know, one of the things I want to, I want to start with is I want to start with, I think in the midst of holiday season, we struggle with our expectations. And that's where I want us to start our conversation today, Michelle, because I think that expectations, well, I don't know. One time I heard somebody say, I wish I remembered who it was, that expectations were preconceived resentments. I was like, oh, that's, that is really strong. Yeah, it it is. I think about expectations as the higher, if we get them really high, a lot of times the gap between them and reality can create in the high, the larger the gap, the more intense the emotion we're going to experience in that gap. So it can be, for example, anger, because if our expectation is, is up high, like on a level 10, and our reality is a level two, then there's, there's going to be either anger at someone who didn't make it happen right, or kind of sabotaged it, or maybe at ourselves, because we didn't come up with something to fix it or whatever it is. So I do think we need to be careful with our expectations. I think it's good to have plans. You know, I do believe kind of spiritually, without a vision, people perish. So I have been very intentional about our holiday season, about it being about Jesus. But for us, and my sister joins me in this, who's also a Christian author and speaker, for us, our intention has been to make it about rest for our families as well. Because mm-hmm. I think it's really important to for kids to experience downtime. The research says that for kids to sustain long-term in like activities like sports or theater or music or whatever it is that out of the 12 months of a year, they should have two months of downtime. And so a lot of times things are ending at the end of Thanksgiving, the first week of December. And so, and we're not going back to school and people are allowing for that time off. And so our family's pretty intentional about that. My husband tends to take time off during that time as well. He schedules it in advance and we're pretty intentional about not overdoing the holiday season, but taking advantage of some sweet moments. And that's going to mean some choices. For example, and my, I don't do as much of this now. My kids are getting older, but like I didn't bring home out the Jesse tree every year, which is a tree with the ornaments that could teach the narrative of the Christmas story. Because I also had the Advent book that taught that. And then I had some kind of little Advent. I remember an author sent me an Advent pop-up thing one year that did that. And so, you know, we can over-Advent the kids, I think, in ourselves in that process. So we've kind of either modified things or maybe put one out one year and one the next. And so just to make it not so overwhelming, because I think sometimes choices are good, but too many and moms get really overwhelmed. And I think for the kids too, it gets overwhelming for them. Wow. You know, you made a statement there that, man, it's going to stick with me for a little while. You just said for us, the holiday seasons are about rest. I don't know that most of us think of the holiday seasons and equate it with rest. I I really don't. I think as a whole, we're not utilizing that mindset of rest, but I think it could be so healthy if we would think of it that way. 
I agree. I think it's going to take some boundaries to make that happen. Some of that started very early in my marriage. I love my mother-in-law and she may listen to this, but, um, (laughs) you know, in her family until I came along, they had this huge Christmas Eve and then everybody got back together Christmas morning and she got to see the couples open their gifts and things like that. And I just told her very lovingly that I wanted to start this out the way we were going to continue it. And my intention was that we would have a wonderful time, even though my parents had previously had Christmas Eve as there are both our families had spent Christmas Eve as the main Christmas time together. Extended. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, but my, my parents having been overseas and been missionaries had become pretty flexible. So because they were absent for a while. And so it made it easier. And my mom is more about not the when, but just that it occurs. She's really gifted me and my siblings. I think that to a large degree. And every once in a while, she'll stick her sweet little foot in the ground and say, it's my turn. And generally we accommodate that because she is so flexible. But so I just sweetly said to my mother-in-law, I love you so much. And I love getting to be a part of this family. I'm so grateful for the way you guys have embraced me. But after spending Christmas Eve with you guys, Christmas morning is going to be reserved for not packing up children, not packing up presents, but for our time together, first for Drew and I as a couple to bond and to just not have to get up, not have to be anywhere. I already warned her. I said, my kids will probably be having donuts and cinnamon rolls at Christmas time. I'm not doing the big breakfast with pancakes. I just really want it to be simple and a really enjoyable morning for us. And then here's the thing that was really hard. She said, well, maybe you can get here by two o'clock for the next family dinner. And we, I'm really going to get in trouble with myself today. So we let them know we're headed to my family then. But my mother has been so gracious. We, now that the kids are older, they want to hang out at home. They want to see their gifts. If it's hot in Texas, we might even heat the pool. Um, So we tend to show up in time for dinner at her house and we just spend You know, Christmas Eve is a lot of bustle. There's church. There's a lot of wrapping. We have big, we're both one of four big extended families. So I get that pressure. But another thing I asked is at the time I entered the family, everyone was spending money they didn't have on gifts with the adults, all giving each other gifts. And I asked at that point, we start drawing names and exchanging because we really didn't need all that. And it was just overwhelming. And I knew that there were people even going in debt in the midst of that. Mm. And so although I was kind of the family killjoy. <laughs> it sounds like you were a bit there, Michelle. <laughs> a little bit, but you know what? I ended up being, and they all now are grateful because Christmas is really about the joy of To us, the celebration of Christ's birth while we go to church as a family, lighting those candles are so precious. Those memories of my kids passing the light, and they do it even in our children's service in our church. And and then about the joy of being with family. And as we have now lost my husband's twin sister and her husband to cancer, we take that even more seriously as the gift of just the joy of sharing a meal and teasing each other and, you know, enjoying the gifts in the process, but, but really making the focus being the gift of each other Mm. and the memories that, I mean, I just treasure the ones from my childhood on. And my grandmother was a wonderful Christmas giver and I'm going to so miss her. This is my first year without her. 
And that can make Christmas a tough time. And people may need more rest if they're experiencing grief. I want, my mom is not good at resting. That's why I probably have such nice restful Christmases because I have, I have that mom who is the busy bee, you know, but I've, I've helped my mother-in-law. She's getting older and, and she doesn't want to do as much. And I've said, you know what? I don't either. I wish I did. And I don't mind making a green bean casserole because I can dump some green beans and a can of soup, into, you know, stick some French onions on top. But I don't, I don't want to, I don't want my kids to remember me being absent in the kitchen all day. And they don't like mm-hmm. to be in the kitchen. If they did, I might do something different. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we go to honey baked ham, you know, we've done other things as a family and I'm great with that. Because again, I I think like my sister, it is very much about the food for her family. They have these sweet memories. Her kids come home from college. It's a big deal. I think what I'm also trying to say is there's nothing wrong with however you do it and whatever you treasure, but you can't do it all. Right, right. So let's talk about these boundaries that you're talking about. And here you came in and you really kind of upset the fruit basket by saying, you know, I think this is a great tradition. However, we're going to make our own traditions. And I absolutely agree with you. I, you know, that is one of the places, you know, as marriage coaches, Mark and I often talk with couples who struggle during the holidays because there are expectations imposed upon them and they can't figure out how to have, how to create their own traditions. Cause it's all about the generation before them's traditions. So I'm a firm believer in it, but what happens when we tick someone off with our boundaries? What do we do with that? So put your counselor hat on for us here, Michelle, and help us because I know that some of us want to do this. We're afraid to. We're afraid that it is it is going to mess with the family dynamics. We're going to now become the black sheep of the family. All of those things. How do we navigate that while we advocate for ourselves? And you know what? This year is really going to bring that because families are used to traveling to being together. I think with COVID, some families are going to be concerned about doing that. Some people are going to have autoimmune issues that put them at a higher risk. And they may have to say no for the first time in their family dynamics, right? So let's talk about first how to say no well. That is something we talk a lot about in our counseling center. And I think I did actually a decent job in though, even though I felt like you're my priest and I was confessing a little bit there, of modeling (laughs) that because I think when you start, you talk about what you love and what you treasure and what you appreciate. Mm. So it's kind of that sandwich method in sales of you lead with the good. And I think that's so important. And you honor that person's position because there was nothing wrong with my mother-in-law's position. It is one of love. It is one of of great inclusion. It is one of just delight in her kids who had not yet all formed families and living close, you know, that type of thing. And then I think it's okay to say, but however, so that's kind of the next thing. Then you explain your value and why it's important. Christmas Eve is going to be really busy. We both have these really strong families. Christmas Day is going to be really busy. And so we need to also have some time to bond together. And then when our children come along, we want that for them too. We don't want to be wrapping up babies and toddlers and dragon stuff and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. to explain that all. And I was even really like 
Drew was like, you're so generous. He was teasing me. My husband has a very, he likes to haggle his counselor wife a little bit. But I did say to her, if it's significant to you and you feel like you're really going to miss out on something this year, you're welcome to come to our house that morning. You know, but I'm warning you now, there will not be like this lovely breakfast. The presents may be laying around from the night before. You know, I I mean, it is it is a little messy around our house on Christmas Day because we don't get everything put up the night before and all that kind of stuff. And and she was so gracious to me. I'm so grateful. I think that's one thing I, we need to talk a little bit about. In a healthy family where there's a lot of love and the yes. love doesn't have a lot of strings, this is a lot easier to do. Drew and yeah. I come from what I call typical dysfunctional families because we all have it. But, yeah. But there is this love and this grace that covers us. And yeah. I do work with many people who have, and, and there might've been a little passive aggressive comments made at first in this dynamic too. I think actually from his sister who's gone, because she loved to take a jab every now and then just for the heck of it, you know, mm -hmm. that was kind of her form of entertainment. And so I think she, she did call me like, you know, the family wrecker and you just got to learn to ignore those things. I think yeah. as hard as it is, and what I think the thing is, um, I, I did a lot of counseling myself because of honestly, I'm one of those kids who was raised in the church, taught to say no to sex and drugs, but church and family never. Mm. And I killed myself as an on-staff minister in college part-time because I couldn't say no to the congregation. And I, I got some good counsel at that time to learning to become a pleaser of God and not men. And that includes godly men <laughs> and women, <laughs> you know? So I think that's still true to this day. And I think you consider others, but you also consider what God is calling and, and putting on your heart and creating in you. Yeah. And then, and then let me say this. If you think you're going to set a boundary and it's going to be like, this was not a beautiful like I'm telling you now, 20 years later, Drew and I've sure. been here 17 years. It's not that easy at first. It feels really, you feel like the bad guy. I mean, I'm an Enneagram yeah. too. I'm a huge people pleaser. I really, I feel people's feelings. I can feel my mother-in-law's disappointment inside, you know, all of that. But sometimes you just have to walk in your calling. And I knew if I didn't start that out. It would be even harder. Would be in trouble. And, and I was fortunate. I was an older bride. I was 33 and I'm a family counselor. That does get you some weight every once in a while. But I think a lot of it is the grace and the desire to accommodate people's needs. Mm -hmm. And something I've been really intentional about is honoring my mother-in-law in many, many ways. And But wait, you can honor and still have boundaries? Yes. See, that's where I think, I think that's where we get stuck. I think uh -huh. we do get stuck here, but you really can. And you think about what's important to them. And you, I, I'm very intentional about those things. For a while, I remember, and I, I didn't do it this year, but I used to call on their anniversary even after we lost his father. And she's like, it's just, I mean, it's been on my calendar. I just keep it there and I check on her. And, you know, just you can do little things that make a difference. So mm -hmm. it's just that whole relation bank. I think when it comes to boundaries too, if you're making deposits, your withdrawals don't harm your relationship. It may hurt, may hurt somebody's feelings, may disappoint them, but you can recover from it, especially yes. in a healthy situation. Yes. And it takes yes. time. I do believe in that whole grace, truth, and time from John Townsend and Henry Cloud's model. 
And I practiced that. So I didn't expect everybody to go, woohoo, Michelle's in the family and now she's ripping it, you know. No, but I, but even like at first they're like, yeah, you're the one that's making it so we're not giving that many presents. And I said, and how much debt do you have? And they kind of laughed. And after a couple of years, actually after a couple of years, I was not the one, but somebody else said, oh, we're doing this swapping gift cards. Why don't we stop doing this and just not even worry about that? And if we want to buy something nice, we'll buy it for our own household and it makes more sense. You know, mm-hmm. they went the whole way and I didn't initiate that. That's um, so, that's you know, funny. So, but you probably paved yeah. the way for it. I think I would God imagine. paved the way for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we need to sometimes have the courage to not have that spirit of fear, but a mm-hmm. power, love and self-control like it talks about in Timothy, because sometimes it is God working through us to value what's important. Yes. And to to love well and to not lose our minds. And I mean, I want to be honest, Jill. I'm right now in the middle of dealing with so many families and so many kids that are just losing their minds, either from the pressures of this world and the anxieties that come with that. Yeah. You know, or from the feeling of overwhelm to the point they just want to shut down and put their heads in the couch, in the you know, in the sand and under the covers, wherever it is. Yes. And I think we've got to think about that too. Just to give you some national statistics, I just received an email this month from the National Institute of Mental Health. We've gone from one in four adults reporting clinical levels of at least situational or clinical depression to one in three with COVID. Mm. So we, I mean, you think about that. It's one number, but it's a huge jump in our population. Right. I think we need to think about a couple of things. I just worked on a great treatment plan on this. We need to think about what's distracting and fun. And we Mm -hmm. need to bring that fun into our holiday season. Now, Mm -hmm. when I say we rest, I don't say we don't have fun, but we pick what's fun to us. And sometimes it really does change. Like, and you got to be careful that you talk to your kids about this moms, if you're putting a lot of pressure, because like when they were littler driving around, looking at holiday lights, I have this best friend who just got married. She's been single all along. And so aunt Cindy was my wingman because my husband does not like this. So we're like hot chocolating, driving through the lights. And one year it just looked like it was a little difficult to fit in. And I told the kids, I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know which weekend we're going to do this. And both of them were like, mom, we're kind of over that. We've been over that for like a year. We just didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> you know? And so I went, well, if I want to do it, I'll just do it with Aunt Cindy sometime. You know, let's not do that then if that's right? not your thing anymore. Yes. You know, this goes right along with one of the things I talk to parents about, and I talk about this in my Empty Nest Full Life book too, uh, for empty nesters, but is to do a bit of a holiday audit. Ask your kids, when you think of food at my house at Christmas, what do you think of? And whatever they mention, that's what's important to them. What they don't mention, you, you let go. I mean, that is such a gift that we can give to ourselves. And right there was a perfect example is here you were trying to fit this in. You're making an assumption it's important to them. And then your kids give you the gift of letting you know, hey, really, we're okay if we don't do that. Yeah, things change and things develop in our family life. And, you know, it's funny because Aunt Cindy, one day we were going to dinner. She's like, let's just drive around some lights on the way to dinner. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And we comboed that, you know, just the most perfect way for the two of us. But yeah, and that's the other thing that's always been important to us is maybe to include some people in our holiday time that maybe aren't our family, but they are our family 
in a bigger kingdom picture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that has always been something that if we have people like that in our circle that we want to do that things with and create traditions with. But I also think for mental health, as we look at that, so one thing I talked about is distraction. So we want to plan fun and distraction. Yeah. We want to play in downtime to create opportunity for spiritual rest, physical rest, emotional rest, all of those types of things. Then I think planning fun is really important too. And then to me, it's about quality over quantity in Mm. some interesting ways. Like, We'll hit a couple holiday parties, maybe. But since I've got a little more time sometimes during the holidays, and not always, it just depends on my counseling load and how much grief there is. Mm -hmm. But when I do have a little more time, I try to spend quality time with people I care about. I want to make memories with. We had babysitters that we called the nannies. And we had two sisters, one for four years each when I worked part-time and they helped us out part-time. And we always, we still have Christmas dinner with their families. And I'm super excited about it this year because one of them had a baby. Oh, <laughs> so, fun. So fun. And so our families have kind of merged. We went to the same church. I found them through the youth minister. And so I think just that's important to us. We, we, we do that. Now, now this is again, you, what you talked about the audit, mm-hmm. we've been going to Pine Cove family winter break. So we leave like the day after Christmas and go till New Year's. What and is that? Time, it's a really neat, like, it's like family camp. Like some people okay. go to Christian camping in the summer. It's a shortened version, which okay. makes more sense for us. Summer is not a good, my kids don't want to go sweat in Texas in the summer. They like okay. it. They like to ride horses when it's cooler and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. this year they said to us, mom, have you looked around? The kids are a lot younger than us. We kind of want to bring friends. And if we're going to bring friends, is this really about family camp anymore? And, and Drew looked at me and he said, and I was a counselor at Pine Cove. This was like my dream. You know, he's like, we might be done with family camp at Christmas for next year at least. And I just Mm. said, I I told him it's so funny because that's where I think God can give you a piece and you need to trust God to work in the people. So my family actually, I think set a boundary with me there, didn't they? Kind of. They sure did, didn't they? But God prepared my heart for that. I was like, you know what? I think you're right. When mama is the only one having fun here, mama's better off at a writer's conference some other time with her friends, probably than this. I don't want to drag people with me. Right. 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 And so we have to allow change to happen. We have to allow that what served us well when our kids were younger or when they were teenagers or or even for those that are empty nesters, when you had children at home may not serve you well in the season of life that you're in. And so we have to let those traditions be fluid, don't we? I, I will tell you this. One of the biggest things I'm from, like, I mean, I've been talking on podcast about back to school and I've said, you know what you need to put that is not a physical item in everybody's backpack flexibility. And mm. I'm going to say that that is the same ingredient. If you need an ingredient in your Christmas shopping yeah. gift list, whatever you want to call it, let's go with some flexibility this year, knowing that this isn't going to last forever, but this may look a little different and something might not get here because it may not can be shipped this year. That's important to us. There's all kinds of things like that that may happen, but I think I've been working with my kids on flexibility. It's good for the brain. If you look at the research on the whole brain child and in his work on that, that, that we want to develop that. And this is a great time to work on that skill. It will keep us mentally healthy. It's a component of mental health. And the way I teach this to the littles, but it works for the grownups too, 
is we want to be like pipe cleaners. We just want to be able to kind of bend a little bit as things move back and forth. We don't want to be like the popsicle craft sticks because if mm. that the pressure gets on us, we'll break. And, and we don't want to break. We don't want to lose it. Like, I don't want to go, how dare y'all take Pine Cove away from me? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that's not a good memory for my kids. And that's not what this is about. And it's so hard because like, I'm thinking, well, we still have spiritual development. This is part of our spiritual development. Yes. There are other ways you can take what you value and you can do it in a different way that works for you and your family in different years. When I work with families who are grieving loved ones, especially if we've lost like mom or dad, and mm-hmm. we're not talking about, I'm talking about, with, I treat widows whose kids are 10 and under and they've lost their husband or a widower whose kids are 10 and under. And one of them said, you know what I really want, Michelle? I really, and of course this one during COVID, I want to pack them up. I want to take him to Disney World. I want to mess with the tree. I don't want to think about the fact he can't put him up. I don't want to think about the lights. I just, the minute school's out, I want to take off. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's stopping you? You know, the counselors always ask questions. What's stopping yeah. you from doing that? Right. <laughs> she said, nothing, nothing. I'm going to ask the kids, you know. So she comes back the next week and she's like, I talked to the kids. They don't want to be home either. They do not want to come down the stairs and not see their daddy. They have no desire for that either. We're out of here. So, you know, and you can't run away from that forever, but that doesn't mean the first year that's what you want to deal with. And right. so they were really prepared the second year. They were ready for it the second year. And dad had died like in October. So it was really fresh. For yes. That. So, in fact, I think the first thing we had to deal with was Halloween. It was really tough. Yeah. So there's, and that, and that wouldn't be right for another family, but that was right sure. for that family. Yes. And so that's what I also want to give a lot of permission for is, everybody's going to do it different this year and that's okay. Mm-hmm. My sister's yeah. going to make amazing meals and I'm going to go to Honey Baked Town. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some people are going to hit the, the moon, the midnight service at Christmas Eve. Some people are going to hit the children's service. Some people are going to read, you know, the, the first couple chapters of John as a family together. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's not one right way to do these things to make them important. Right. Yes. Yes. And we've got to stop shooting all oh, over ourselves. I, I, I love you know? that verb so much, Jill. We really do. I think we know Christmas should be this way. We should do this. I mean, even that, you know, the, the widow that you were talking about, it was like, well, you shouldn't go to, you know, she's probably telling herself that's what was holding her back. Well, you don't just pack up and go to Disney World for Christmas because in her head that that was a should that was like or shouldn't. And it was like, but why not? I think we need to push back on those. Why can we not think outside the box? And I think sometimes the greatest gifts we receive is from thinking outside the box. Yes. And that there's not just A or B. There's so many more options in between. And it's yeah. about... And when I'm working with somebody else on a boundary issue, I want to know from them, what is it about this that you value? Mm-hmm. And I want to think of what am I trying to get that I value? And how could we maybe both get what we value, even if it looks different than either one of us wants it to? Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. what we actually do. I, I, I'm a certified medi- like mediator and family mediator. And that's what we do in mediation. We tell everybody the question is not what do you want? You want to hear the question in mediation? It's a little sad, but it really does. What is it? It's what can you live with? Oh. You talk about expectations and the difference between the two. Yeah. Well, my mother-in-law could live with missing Christmas morning. 
not yeah. Christmas Eve, and we work that out, right? Mm-hmm. And so there were, that is the kind of thing that you figure out is what, and I could live with switching my family off of Christmas Eve, to a, and my mom could live with that to a different time. Her thing was, I just want to see you. And actually, it's been the biggest blessing in our lives because when we get to my mom's lake house, my mom like bakes cookies with the kids. I mean, I really get to read books and hang out. We, Mom and I walk every day around the lake. It's just these really great memories. And, and it's mm. downtime for us too. And I think that can be really helpful. In fact, my biggest goal with my mother always, my father laughs. She's like, if your daughter ever succeeds in one thing, it will be to get my mom to do less around the holidays. Mm. Because I tell, I tell her now, mom, more than ever. And I, t- I remember telling her this when my daughter was little. She's like, can I clean out your closet? And I'm like, no, mom. I really appreciate that. But I'm 38 years old with my first baby. And I'm exhausted. And I don't want to make decisions. And you know what it would really mean a lot to me? Because I'm watching some of my friends lose their parents. Come sit by me with my baby and just talk to me, you know, and just share in this moment of holding this baby that I had infertility treatment for and you prayed for and we longed for and just hang with me for a minute. Mm, Boy, that's hard for those of us that are doers. Well, you and I talked about that today. It was hard for me today, but you know, I'm in the middle of a really tough season. I've got interviews going on. I've got, cause we just launched a book podcast deadlines going on. And I had a counseling cancellation and my son came out and cause I was going to the bathroom and he saw me cause I'm in the house doing telehealth them. And he said, mommy, I'm going to watch Scooby-Doo for at least 30 minutes. Can we make popcorn and snuggle and watch Scooby-Doo? Now my son is 10. I don't yep. have a lot of Scooby-Doo snuggles left for me. <laughs> I'm going to about that. Um, I really don't. And I right. know that. And I, and you know what? Also, I like, my own heart and soul after all the things I heard today was kind of almost to empty and I've got more work to do. And so I said, yes, yes, mommy. And you know what the hardest thing to do for moms in that moment, once they've said yes, is to shut their brain off. Yes. To just, because you, you, the minute you sit down, you're thinking of all the things you need to be doing. So I thought to myself, watch Scooby-Doo like you're 10. And we had, (laughs) So much fun. He paused it twice because we talked about, isn't it funny how every time in Scooby-Doo, like it's one of these people, but we don't know who it is. And we're trying to figure that out. And then he was telling me the different versions of Scooby-Doo and what he liked about some of those. And I was kind of laughing about that because I remember thinking that too, like some of these are lame, some of these are not. And (laughs) then we, one time, Scooby started to say something and we both said it at the same time. And we were like, Jinx, that's so funny. We know what Scooby's going to say. So it was really important to me. And I've had to work really hard at this. I work with women in my counseling office about this. I work with lots of people. It's being fully present. If you've said yes to something, give yourself permission to just watch Scooby-Doo. It's a good brain break for me. It's a bonding moment for my son and I. Yes. I've even been kind of really watching what I ate and I stuck the popcorn in my mouth anyway and we giggled and and stuff. And so they're just sometimes, you know, and then I had to get up and we record we're recording a podcast. But I am telling you, I'm so I mean, there's just this delight in my soul because that's life giving for me. Yes. And you allowed yourself to have that time with him and and you were able to say yes. Yep. I 
I love that. Oh, this you is- have to say no, maybe right after. He, we started the second one. He really wanted me to see this one with Morgan Freeman. My my son thinks his voice is awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, we, he's like, can we watch the Morgan Freeman one? And I just told him we can start it, but I, I don't know how long it is and I may have to stop. And I just said, sweetie, I'm really sorry, but I got to stop here. And he was just like, oh, that's fine, mom. Maybe after you're done with all your crises today, the counselor's kids, maybe you can come back and watch the rest of it. And I thought, mommy wants to if she can. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, before we call this done, I want to talk just a little bit about self-care. Because as we think of the gift of mental health, you know, especially I think, you know, the majority of my listeners are women and, and we're all, we're the designers of the holiday season. So how do we, how do we intentionally pursue self-care in the midst of the holidays? How do we allow for self-care for our family, tuning into their mental health and recognizing their need for self-care. Can, can we explore that just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I want to address this because I once recently got in trouble on a Christian podcast for talking about self-care because it was considered to be, I, I, I don't want to go into it, but it wasn't considered to be godly. And I oh, really I believe it is not okay to be self-centered. I believe that it is okay. Self-centered is when all I think about is me. Sure. But that's not self-care. Self-care, I believe, is this. And I don't even, I look at it as God caring for me. I I care for my children very well. Mm -hmm. I would like, if they had allergies, I'd go out and buy them different food. You know, all that kind of stuff. And when my kids, my daughter broke her shoulder this two weeks ago, and Mm -hmm. I made sure she got downtime and rest and could, that could be repaired. Yes. And so what I had a weight loss coach because I gained weight after kids. I've never had a problem with my weight before that very much is I do like chocolate and, you know, that. but I learned to manage that better until I got nauseous. And then I just, I would binge on anything to make the nausea stop. If I could make it stop, I had bad pregnancies. And I always say, if you want to have lots of babies, don't ask me about my pregnancies and deliveries. <laughs> you will change your mind fast. But with this idea of self-care, first of all, I want to say to me, I was challenged to treat myself th- as my third child because I have two. Okay. So to really care for myself and, 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 and from a spiritual perspective, my coach was not a very strong believer, but I thought about the idea or Christian, she went a Christian weight loss coach. So I thought about how would the father care for me mm-hmm. during that season? What would he gift me? Yes. Well, my father knows me well. He would give me a bubble bath because that is my idea of great care. Mm-hmm. I love scents. I love hot water. The, my muscles can, you know, flush my muscle tension. Some women hate that. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing I want to be very clear about. There is no self-care list that's going to be right for one woman that matches another woman's. Yes, right. So you've got to know yourself. Yeah. You've got to know what is fuel for your tank. Real fuel for your tank. Because sometimes we'll do something that doesn't fuel us. Because we're so exhausted, we can't get ourselves quite there. And sometimes we got to do that first to get us to the next step. What Can you give an example of that? Sometimes I will binge watch on TV and stay up too late. And that okay. kind of looks like self-care, but it doesn't feel like it the next morning. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Because I'm just so tired, I can't even get myself to the bath if I'm really going to be bone-chilling honest here. 
because mm-hmm. I'm bone weary. Mm-hmm. So I, I do that sometimes and I'm kind of mad at myself the next day because better self-care is actually going to bed at 10 o'clock <laughs> so that I feel better in the morning. Better self-care is maybe watching one Netflix show instead of getting cooked and watching five episodes, <laughs> falling asleep, you know, half asleep because, because it is numbing and numbing feels good. Just, I can't right. wonder if people can get in the story and be completely distracted and not think about the fact that my kitchen is a mess while I'm sitting there and you know, all the things that moms juggle with, right. with work and home and everything else. But better self-care for me is shutting down in time to actually get my face washed well, get the moisturizer on, take the hot bath. Um, for me, I like to, I, I was so inspired. This will haunt me forever, I think, in a good way. I heard Jerry Jenkins speak about writing Billy Graham's biography. Okay. And one of the things he, Billy had all over his home was the word of God just open in weird travels all over. I read that biography. Yes. And that was so challenging to me. It wasn't challenging to me. It was nurturing to me. I don't know how to explain that, but he asked him why. And he said, if you're going to snack all day, why wouldn't you feast on the word of God all day too? Mm. So for me, whether it's in a Christian, a conversation with a Christian friend and we exhort one another and that's because I'm a two and I'm very relational. That's huge for me. My sister and I talk almost every morning. And what some people aren't going to know what exhort means. What does that mean to exhort uh, one another? To exhort, to build one another up in the word of God, in faith, in prayer, mm-hmm. all of those things. Yes. So, yeah, you're right. I don't generally use Christianese, but I just stuck one in there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but to, I like to use my Alexa to share the word of the day. Or I have a friend who has a podcast called Pray Every Day. And I like to listen to her read God's word and and then pray over like those that idea of God's word. I like at night to, you know, read that. And, and I'm teaching my kids like, I've been working with my son on just saying good morning, God, good night, God, mm-hmm. hello, God at lunch, things like that. Just learning to experience. I love the book, The Practice of the Presence, Presence of, of God. God. Yes. Yeah, it's a classic teeny book, great book. But it's that, and then we learn not to be lonely, right? Because I think part of self-care is a lot of times we avoid it because we're going to feel really lonely if we're alone. Mm -hmm. But I really cultivated this idea that I'm never, my grandmother gave me that legacy, I think too. I don't know if you can genetically inherit spirituality (laughs) to that level, but I once asked my grandma after my grandfather died, we were sitting in her um, living area in her assisted living home. And I said, grandma, I just want to make sure you're not lonely. Cause, cause you're here now and it's real different. This is the first time you haven't lived with family close. Yeah. Close. And she said, honey, I will tell you this. If you believe in the God that we believe in, then we're never alone. And I'm so grateful. I, she starts crying and I'm crying. And she said, I've never felt alone a day in my life. I think you have that same gift. And I said, I do. I can sit in a bathtub and not feel alone. A little exposed in front of the Father yeah, God, yeah. but not alone. Yeah. You know? And so I think that cultivating that presence of God can be great self-care yes. for us. Yes. One thing I challenge teenagers who are dealing with a lot of anxiety to do is set a timer for five minutes because I... A lot of them have trouble with what time feels like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and go sit outside and just breathe in the love of God and out the worries of the world for, and just sit in nature outside and just listen to what you can hear, whether it's the wind, what you can see, what you can smell. My son yesterday, it was the sweetest thing. He said, mom, I had just come in from outside 
on a conference call, I'd escaped like from some floor being installed. And he goes, mom, come on, let's go back. And I said, what? He goes, it smells like fall. Did you smell it when you open the door? Mm. It smells like fall. Let's go out there. And I just thought, oh, we need to be that present in our world. Yes. Like that's good self-care. Yes. That's- and also I work with a lot of women who don't feel attractive. Mm. That's a huge, I won't tell you how big the research on it is because it's discouraging. But sometimes I tell women, especially during COVID, Sometimes good self-care is doing what you do to make yourself feel attractive. Mm -hmm. Some women will put on makeup and brush their hair. Some women will not do that. Some women will get their nails done and that makes them feel attractive. Mm -hmm. And attractive doesn't mean like one of them's like, I'll never see myself as beautiful. And I'm like, well, that's sad because God does. But attractive means that people are drawn to you. And I'm shocked that you wouldn't think that about yourself. Because I like really look forward to talking to this client every Mm -hmm. week. She's witty. She's fun. She doesn't, you know, she's in the middle of North Dallas where we go a little overboard. But, and she's more of a Midwest kind of woman. I always joke, you know, with the short hair and, you know, makeup, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But attractiveness is like people are drawn to you. And, you know, for some women that is sexy lingerie under their clothes. That makes them feel attractive. I'm like, if that's you, sister, go back. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if it's just two pairs, go back. Sure. If it's your lipstick, put it on. Use it up. You know, if it's a candle, light it. Mm-hmm. What makes you feel attractive? And then, I, and I think we need to make sure we're doing that occasionally. We don't have to do it every day. Oh, I cannot do it every day. There's right. just no way. It's too much effort. Some women, my sister does it every day. She just, that's her thing. She does it. She's like, why do you not do it? It takes five minutes. And I'm like, I don't know. It For some reason, it seems like very valuable time to waste. But all of us are different. And that's where I want to say with this self-care thing is it may be a nap. Yes. I give a postpartum moms. That's my thing. Give them permission to take a nap. Yes. And just sleep as much as they can. And a lot of times I have to bring the daddy in. I've not yet treated postpartum mom that I didn't meet daddy mm-hmm. and just had to say, listen, you want to live with this for the rest of your life? Or you want to let this woman get some sleep? And take your turn. Well, I work all day. Well, you know, she is working too. She is keeping your baby alive. That is a big deal. So one night you keep the baby alive at night mm-hmm. and feed that baby that bottle. You'll live. Your your work will survive and her brain will start working a lot better. Yeah, it and does. And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> done, he's like, okay, I got this, you know, because like, I think they don't get it mm-hmm. always, and especially when their wife is that boundaries issue. Honey, do you think you might maybe please, I, it might help if maybe for an hour. And I'm like, no, you need to explain this. You're here because you have been diagnosed with a disorder and, and you are struggling with your mental health because of your hormones and your lack of sleep. And let's play a crying baby over and over again for the average human and see how they feel. Mm. And you need a break. Yeah. So your mind and your body can recover. Mm-hmm. And is, that is such a beautiful. But I want to say that not just the postpartum mom, mm-hmm. that is true for the mom with special needs kids. Who's listening right now. Yes. That's true. With grandma who's doing tutoring in school. And man, there's some grandmas who are stepping up across this country, like nobody's business mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. that's the person who's trying to work from home and juggle their kids at the yes. same time, yes. right? There's so many things going on. And, and I promise you, no world ends mm-hmm. because you lock your phone up in a drawer mm-hmm. for four hours mm-hmm. and you just shut down. Yep. You're exactly right. And what I have come to learn is when I take care of myself, I actually do take care of my family. 
Oh, you take care of everybody better. I mean, my family wants me to go be alone because they're like, we want happy mom back. This irritable mom is for the birds, you know? Yep. Mama, what do you need to do? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been. You can't do it all. That's all the time. Right, right. Oh my goodness, Michelle, this has been so good. Such a powerful conversation. We've touched on so many different areas. And I think that, you know, depending on what the challenges are during your holiday season, we want to challenge you to just take the next right step, whether it is adjusting expectations or whether it's setting boundaries, whether it's doing that holiday audit, whether it's being intentional about self-care. We've talked a lot about a lot of different opportunities that we have during this season to give ourselves the gift of mental health. So Michelle, it just seems appropriate for us to close out in prayer because I know that, you know, some that are listening are stressed and trying to figure things out. So would you, would you pray for our listeners? Yeah, I definitely will. Father, I truly believe you're the God of hope. You are the lifter of our heads And you are the healer of our hearts. So God, I pray for that woman who is might be listening right now, who just feels like I'm not enough and there'll never be enough. Mm -hmm. And I pray that lie would be broken over her life and that she would realize instead that first of all, we we just have to add the word of with God into any picture so that we can truly see how all things are possible. Mm Mm-hmm. And God, that doesn't mean we do all things. Help us remember that. Help us to do, I'll never forget that client, Lord, and you have us laugh all the time, who said, how do I know when I'm not being lazy? And I said, I think as long as you're fulfilling God's purpose in your life, you're not being lazy. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I just pray that we would listen to you. We would fulfill your purpose and we would let the rest of this stuff fall away. Yes. So that we can be healthy and Lord, that we model. Yes. What a, if you want to give, Lord, if we could give our kids a legacy, mm-hmm. it would be of a non-stressful, God-centered, yes. self-resting holiday this yes. year. Mm-hmm. And we ask your blessing on it. I ask your blessing on your listeners mm-hmm. that they would challenge the shoulds. Mm-hmm. And instead, they would hear the peace that passes all understanding mm-hmm. in those over those shoulds that come from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.